BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Today on Legally Us, Vanessa Bryant agrees to a settlement. Khloe Kardashian is sued by a former employee. And Kim Zolciak's house is no longer in foreclosure. Plus, Alec Baldwin is sued by Russ crew members. And Lady Gaga is being sued by the woman who helped steal her dogs. We've got that plus so much more on today's Legally Us. Everyone, welcome to Legally Us. I'm Christina. That's, of course, Nima Romani, CEO of West Coast Trial Lawyers and former federal prosecutor. Nima, welcome back. Thanks, Christina. I missed last week's Legally Us South Park episode. I know, so right? Excited to be back. <laughs> we missed you. Excited to have you back. And there is a lot of news to get to this week. A lot of different legal cases and can't wait to get your expertise. But of course, we want to see what you guys had to say about last week's show. Mary said there were probably issues with the wedding, talking about Brooklyn, um, Brooklyn Beckham's wedding, but says there were probably issues with the wedding. And this guy just wants to make sure it doesn't look like it was his fault, but he doesn't need the money. Obviously, he's going to ruin a business just because his princess didn't have everything go perfectly on her big day. Get over it. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people were not on um, Nicola, um, Beckham, Nicola Beckham's father's side after suing the former um, wedding planners. Yo, Christina, you and I obviously weren't invited, but now we know it's not just the bride and groom that can be bridezilla. You got the bride's father here who's going after the wedding planner, asking for hundreds of thousands of pounds. Really, I don't think it's going to be a particularly good case, but we'll see how a UK judge rules on it. Definitely. And then Neem Albin says the housewives better retract the podcast name or my baby Eminem will destroy them in a diss track. Well, that's that could happen. Yeah. So whenever you're, you know, dealing with a trademark or a copyright, lawyers will always tell you, you got to protect your mark. And, you know, you can protect it in the courtroom or in Eminem's case in the studio. I would not want to be going up against him. You're looking at a serious diss track if you insult Eminem. Seriously, you don't want to get on Eminem's bad side. Definitely not. All right. Well, let's move into our legal news of the week and kicking it off with Vanessa Bryant. Um, she has settled her lawsuit regarding the photos that were taken of her husband, Kobe Bryant, and her daughter, Gianna's remains at the site of their 2020 helicopter crash. So she agreed to accept a $28.85 million settlement settlement from the Los Angeles County. The settlement uh, concludes her battle against the first responders. Like we said, that she accused of sharing these gruesome, horrific photos. Vanessa and Chris Chester, who also lost his wife, Sarah, and their 13-year-old daughter, Peyton, in the crash, 
later filed a civil suit against the Los Angeles County for emotional distress and mental anguish. After a two-week jury trial that took place back in August of 2022, the California, uh, Vanessa and uh, Chester were given a $15 million judgment. The $28.85 million settlement includes Vanessa's initial award, as well as funds to settle potential claims from her and Kobe's surviving surviving daughters. She, um, Her lawyer had previously said, said that she would donate the proceeds from the lawsuit to the Mamba and Mambasita Sports Foundation, which was founded in memory of Kobe and Gianna. Um, so do you believe that this is a fair amount? So, Christina, this is where Nima Romani is going to separate my personal views as a big supporter of Kobe and Vanessa Bryant. I got to tell you, on the building I'm sitting in, we have the largest Kobe mural in the city of L.A. Vanessa Bryant was nice enough to, to give us the rights to, you know, Dear Basketball and Granity Studios. So we have some artwork there. So I, I'm a huge Vanessa Bryant fan. Obviously, I love Kobe Bryant. We've donated to the Mamacita Foundation. There's a QR code. But I can tell you, legally, the county botched this case. You know, they spent more than $50 million here for both the Bryants and the Chesters, as well as all the costs and attorney's fees. And this is a case that former L.A. County Sheriff Villanueva, and there's a reason he's a former sheriff. I mean, he's made so many mistakes, there, but he's cost taxpayers so much money here. This is a case that shouldn't have happened. He should have had control of his deputies. And when it was clear that these photos were being unlawfully, this is a case that you settle. And sometimes when you're dealing with elected officials, they don't want to settle cases because they don't want to go to LA County Board of Supervisors. They don't want to ask for this money. But it's much better to ask for a smaller amount of money then go to court and get your expletive handed to you. And that's what happened here. So what, if you're talking about why the settlement so much, everyone's saying, well, why are they settling for, you know, more than 28 million when the, when the judgment from Vanessa Brown was only 15 million. This is why that was just one of the cases. There were two cases going on. You had a civil rights case in federal court. That's the case that the county took to trial and lost and lost badly. 15 million for Vanessa Bryant, 15 million for the Chesters. But there's still state cases here that hadn't been adjudicated. And those are for invasion of privacy. So if you're talking about the pending state cases, you're talking about the attorney's fees, you get in civil rights cases, you're talking about the cost. We're talking about a lot of money. And I credit Vanessa Bryant for donating this money to charity. But ultimately, this is something that could have been avoided. And the sheriff and the county really dropped the ball here. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. So is this the end of the road for this case? Are there any more cases pending still? Or will Vanessa have some sort of closure in this in this chapter? It really is the end of the road. I mean, she already previously settled against, you know, the helicopter company and the pilot. And this was really the only outstanding litigation remaining against the county. So this is going to close the book on really sort of a, a dark chapter. Obviously, you know, our, our hearts go out to the Bryant family, but really, you know, some serious misconduct by the part of the LA County Sheriff's Department and deputies. So I'm glad this is all behind us. Yeah, definitely. And $30 million being donated. That's a lot of money. Change a lot of lives. Definitely. All right. Well, moving yeah. on to Chloe Kardashian. She has been named in a lawsuit by one of her former household assistants. According to court documents obtained by TMZ, Matthew Mannard claimed that she had allegedly fired him when he returned to work after being sidelined with a knee injury. He claimed that he worked for Chloe between January 2018 and November of 2022. And he further alleged that she gave him too many tasks that interfered with his ability to take legally required breaks and did not pay him for overtime despite working more than 12 hour days. Um, she's being sued for breach of California labor laws. She denied the allegations saying that he was proper, properly classified and compensated for his role. Toward the end of his employment, he was on leave of absence for an extended period of time and the role eventually needed to be replaced. We will not tolerate false accusations and will prove that this is a frivolous lawsuit. So how will the employee be able to prove that Chloe violated 
violated these labor laws. So, Christina, there's two issues here, and you could tell by, you know, Chloe's lawyer statement or PR team that the allegations are that Matthew was properly classified and that it was properly compensated. So the classification is really a key issue. So sometimes employers, they count their employees as independent contractors. That way they don't have to pay a meal breaks, rest breaks, overtime, all the benefits that you would get as an employee. They try to 1099 them. Well, that's unlawful under California law. I don't know what Matthew was, if he was a W-2 or 1099, but it really kind of depends on the issue of control. Assuming he was properly classified as an employee and he was, then the question is, did he get overtime? Did he get paid for those, you know, meal and rest breaks? You know, did he get time off to have a lunch? So that's really kind of a question that only Matthew and Chloe and those around them can answer. But really, you got to analyze both issues, the classification issue and the compensation issue in a case like this. Then you got to turn to the question of, was he reasonably accommodated if he had some sort of medical condition? Right. So it, it seems like he's just looking for additional compensation and probably a decent figure, I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. So under California law, you know, if you have a medical condition, you can't be retaliated against and you certainly can't be terminated, right, for taking time off. Your employer has to reasonably accommodate you, maybe get you a desk job, find something else for you to do. You can't you know, bring a doctor's note and get fired. So really the devil's in the details here. What, what, what happened here? What sort of medical information was provided? What did Chloe react to that information? And that's going to decide who was right, who was wrong in this. Right. Case. And Chloe could find herself in a little bit of trouble if she did fire him for not, for having an injury, for not being able to complete the job. Correct. Oh, absolutely. And one of the other big issues we talked about Vanessa Bryant, you know, in a civil rights case to get attorney's fees, same thing for a medical condition discrimination case in California. So not only are you looking at an award of damages, but Chloe will have to pay for Matthew's attorney's fees if Matthew does prevail and he's successful in a case like this. So those bills can rack up pretty quickly. Definitely. Good thing she's got a lot of money. All right. Yeah. Um, well, this is interesting. So the foreclosure auction of Kim Zolciak Bierman and husband Coy Bierman's Georgia mansion has been canceled. So according to Entertainment Tonight, the law office of Brock and Scott announced on February 22nd that the forthcoming sale will no longer take place. They didn't reveal whether or not a new date was scheduled or specify a reason for the cancellation. We confirmed that her five bedroom uh, mansion was in foreclosure. So why would a house go into foreclosure and then shortly after be taken off? Did they pay their debt? What kind of and why wouldn't they release that information? Yeah, Christian, that's a great question. It really comes down to a legal term, and it's called redemption. Redemption can be under the statute, under the written law, or even under equity, which means that before a lender, what can be a bank or anyone other can foreclose on your property and kick you out, equity really gives you a right to repay your debt and stop the foreclosure. And that's that right of redemption. So before anyone gets kicked out of their home, the law says, look, this is a pretty um, this is something that can displace a lot of people and it may be fundamentally unfair. We're going to give you one last opportunity to pay off any outstanding amount. Oh, of course, what's cost and interest and all those types of things and stop the foreclosure. That's my best guess as to what happened here. Once uh, Kim found out that her mansion was going to be foreclosed on, she quickly talked to some lawyers or someone in the know, and she did really assert that right of redemption and that stopped the foreclosure. Right. I believe she said that it was a misunderstanding. So maybe that's what happened there. So it doesn't seem like this will pop possibly be rescheduled for another date unless she doesn't I don't, continue yeah, her mortgage. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Obviously, uh, uh, assuming she's current in her mortgage, um, I don't know about misunderstandings. You know, usually there's aren't court filings and foreclosures over misunderstandings, but I mean, you never know. It could be one of those check is lost in the mail, but it sounds like at least whatever issue there was, 
mortgage is now current and there aren't going to be any issues going forward. Well, that's good. Well, speaking of issues going forward, it seems like Alec Baldwin has a lot um, on his plate. So three Rust crew members sued him and the film's producers, alleging they have suffered anxiety and symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of the shooting death of the film cinematographer. The three crew members were in the church building um, at the ranch when all of this occurred, when he when Alec fired the the gun that killed the cinematographer, Helena Hutchins, and director Joel Souza. Baldwin denied pulling the trigger, as we know, but prosecutor, prosecutors have charged him with involuntary manslaughter for allegedly firing the weapon. So the plaintiffs in the latest suit, um, they said that they were all in close proximity. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And that they suffered blast injuries from the deafening sound of the shot. And, um, you know, they had some PTSD of watching Helena, um, you know, die on set, which was terrible. And the suit also faults the producers for hiring um, an armorer who had lack of experience and they allegedly wanted a quick and cheap production. The lawsuit uh, faults Baldwin for not paying attention during weapons training, for failing to ensure that the gun was not loaded and for discharging the round. So is this just the start of probably a long list of legal of lawsuits that are going to be pulled against Alec Baldwin? Yeah, everyone's going after Alec Baldwin, of course. Uh, the most serious was, you know, Matt Hutchins, the husband of cinematographer Helena Hutchins, who was killed. He filed and uh, he settled that case, um, obviously uh, related to, you know, the husband and the child of Helena Hutchins. But it sounds like everyone's going after Baldwin. Now, if you're talking about an emotional distress claim like this, you need one of two things. And that's why you always see the lawyers use, you know, really kind of technical and uh, and there's a meaning behind the words. And they talk about the close proximity, and this is why. For someone to recover for an emotional distress case like this, they have to be in the zone of danger, okay? If you're not in the zone of danger, you actually have to be related by blood to the victim. So obviously, look, if I saw my wife or my child, something terrible happened to them, I could recover for emotional distress. But if I saw, you know, you or someone I'm not related to getting hurt, I can only recover if I'm in, I'm in that zone of danger, I personally could have also been injured by what happened. So that's why, you know, the folks that were, you know, um, in that church and in that scene, they're trying to say, look, you know, even though I wasn't hit and even though I didn't suffer any physical damage or personal injury or bodily injury myself, I was in that zone of danger. I worried about getting hit and that's why I can recover. Interesting. So it, so it seems like they have a pretty valid case against Alec Baldwin and a, a few other producers. 
Well, it's going to really depend on the facts. And we kind of talked about Chloe, same thing here. You know, if they're within a few feet, maybe they actually were really worried about getting shot or some sort of shrapnel or something hitting them. But if they're, you know, on the other side of the church, nowhere near Helena Hutchins, when this happened, I don't think that's going to be a viable plan. So it's really going to depend on those facts. How close were they to the gunshot and actually potentially being hit? Definitely. Has Alec had any like legal, you know, wins in this case so far? He actually has had, not in the civil case, but in the criminal case, he got a huge win last week. And this is why. So the Santa Fe District Attorney had charged Alec Baldwin with really two counts of manslaughter, the most serious of which had a five-year mandatory minimum sentence. That means that Baldwin went to trial and lost. The judge couldn't sentence him to anything less than five years. However, the DA made a huge mistake. The DA charged a law retroactively. So without getting into you know all the constitutional issues, but the ex post facto clause of the Constitution says that you can't be charged retroactively. So after the Rust shooting, the New Mexico state legislator, they changed the manslaughter laws. Before, you can only charge that enhancement if you actually brandished and really kind of pointed a gun intentionally at someone. Well, they took away that requirement with a new law and the Santa Fe DA charged the new law even though the old law applied. Of course, Baldwin has a great team of attorneys there at Quinn Emanuel. They caught this, they filed a motion, and the DA had to dismiss the more serious allegations, a five-year mandatory minimum. So now Baldwin is just looking at an 18-month maximum sentence in prison. That's a huge difference from a five-year minimum. So he has a lot more leverage in this case than he did just a week ago. Definitely. Do you even foresee him spending spending any time in jail? At this point, I think it's going to push the case to trial. I think it's a very strong defense. Um, I think he can win and get acquitted or maybe get a hung jury, maybe even win at the preliminary hearing stage. And even if he loses, I think a judge is going to have an issue with sentencing him to a lot of time because assistant director Dave Halls, he's the one who gave Baldwin the gun, said it was a cold gun, got a no time misdemeanor deal, just probation from the district attorney's office. So a judge might say, well, you know, district attorney, how can you try to put Baldwin in prison when someone who's arguably more culpable and gave him this gun without checking it is getting no time. So even if Baldwin's convicted, I don't think he's going to get a lot of time in prison. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. it is crazy to me that they are going back and filming this movie and then they're kind of moving forward with this. Oh, yeah. Well, part of the settlement was that Matt Hutchins, the the widower, is going to be an executive producer and have some equity in the movie. So I think he has an interest in making sure the movie's done and it's finished. Makes sense. All right. Well, this is this is an interesting story. So the woman, a woman charged with helping steal Lady Gaga's dogs is hoping to get the reward money that she was promised for returning the dogs. So Jennifer McBride, she was one of five people arrested in connection with the 2021 armed dog napping of Lady Gaga's dogs. She's demanding that 500,000 reward um, because Lady Gaga basically promised that there was no questions asked if somebody returned her dogs. And she's saying even though that she was um, arrested, she should be awarded that money. So so uh, McBride is suing Gaga for $500,000 in, uh, in damages, alleging pain and suffering, mental anguish and loss of enjoyment of life. Like I said, five people were arrested in this and she pleaded no contest to one count of receiving stolen property and was sentenced to two years probation. 
is she entitled to any of this money since Gaga said, you know, no questions asked, or is she kind of delusional for even asking this? Yeah. I mean, uh, Christina, I'm laughing because this reminds me of like a law school hypothetical and contracts class. You know, I took it 25 years ago with Elizabeth Warren when I was like a young kid at Harvard Law School, but there's two types of contracts, right? There's a bilateral contract. That's what you typically see. Like, you know, you ask me to do legally us every week and I agree to do so. The bilateral, you make an offer, I accept, we both Mm -hmm. promise and we do this every week, right? But there's also a unilateral contract, which means that I'm basically going to put it out there. Hey, if you return my dog, uh, I'm going to pay you. No questions asked. That's the key component. So obviously, um, the argument is here is that the dog napper returned the dog, no questions asked, and Lady Gaga is not fulfilling her promise. She made the promise, right? Now, Gaga's lawyers are going to have a pretty good defense, and it's a a legal term, another equitable term, and it's called unclean hands. And that means, hey, if you're the wrongdoer, even though there might be a contract, you can't enforce the agreement because the whole reason we're even in this situation is because you put Lady Gaga there. So the dog napper is going to allege breach of a unilateral contract. Gaga has a very good defense in equity on unclean hands, and it's really going to be up to a judge to determine whether Gaga's defense will hold. Right. I feel like a judge may dismiss this case as we're both laughing about this. Like, yeah. it just seems ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. I mean, you know, you kind of caused this problem. Really, you're a criminal. You're engaged in grand theft. And now you're trying to profit from it. Doesn't seem right. I don't think the judge is going to agree with that. I don't think so either. Well, Nima, thank you so much as always. And everybody, please keep commenting, keep subscribing. We love seeing what you guys have to say each and every week. And we'll see you guys next week.